0: Hello and welcome to the Joshua Greeny Podcast. Today we have on a special guest, one of my my good buddies. I've, I've known him for a couple of years now. Uh, his name is Derek. Derek, would you like to give a quick introduction of uh, who you are and maybe kind of how we first met?
1: Well, sure thing. I don't, I'm i not sure how we first met. That's been quite a while. <laughs> it's been a little while. Uh, I think, it, w- was it at the, the zip lines at the Creation
0: Museum? I think that was where we first... Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that was it? Yeah. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Back in 2016?
1: Something. Fifteen or sixteen, yeah. Because I moved up here and uh, I moved up here in fifteen to work the zip lines. So yeah, I'm originally from Virginia, uh, moved up here in 2015, um, and uh, worked zip lines at the Great Museum Art Counter, and uh, worked at the Art Encounter specifically uh, for the for three years, and then uh, 2019 I started working for Schwann's. So yeah, I'm working there since.
0: And yeah, so. Just a, a quick plug. We're not paid for this or anything, but uh, the Creation Museum, the Ark Encounter, life-size Ark based off of the, the biblical um, dimensions and things of, of the Ark, highly recommend it. Um, I worked at the Creation Museum and guest services, and so guest services was connected in part with the zip lines, but the zip lines, was, it, that's separate than the Creation Museum, correct? Yeah, it's a different company. Different company. Yeah. So, But we did, yeah, that's where we first connected. And uh, I, I still remember because I think – Derek, I think you and was it Mateo and some of the other guys took took some of the guest service staff, myself oh, yeah. included, yeah, we on that. the zip lines mm-hmm. for free just so we would know what it was. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I think well, let me, a quick quiz. Do you remember what my favorite part of the zip lines was? No, it's been <laughs> it's been too long for that. Sorry. <laughs> it was the uh, the one where you just drop us straight down.
1: Oh yeah, so this. like after all of this cool
0: stuff, we're <laughs> flying all across the you know the the zip line course, then the 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 easiest one i think it's the che- the cheapest uh, option too right it's just basically jumping off a tower and yeah the, going, the, the free fall the yeah, free fall i don't like those at all i don't like those at, <laughs> do like at all See, i haven't okay so the one at the ark encounter we'll, we'll get on topic here in a second but the one at the ark encounter how high is that one compared to the one at the Creation museum do you remember
1: um so they they're both they both have a 40 foot drop and then the one at the ark has an 80 foot drop the but as far from what I remember uh, at the moment they're both closed due to construction.
0: Oh okay. Yeah. Well, see, the at least, one at well the
1: the one I should say the one at the arc is closed from what I from what I know the one at the arc is closed because of construction. The one at the museum I'm sure is still open. Still open. See, I want to do the 80 foot drop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like any of them. <laughs> I've done it, but I've done it specifically because I was paid to do it and I had to do it for for job training. So. I, I really don't like jumping off, but you, it, but you have to we tell all the guests you have to just do it. Mm-hmm. You can't sit there and think about it and go I don't know. you have to just jump you, you well not well not jump but you have to step off there before your brain tells you not to. and there's so many people who are like to sit up there and him and haw and they just don't go.
0: <laughs> you know what just occurred to me as you were saying that I feel like that's a perfect introduction. To the whole podcast, because and I mean, my just my entire podcast in general, because literally, I feel like that's a perfect metaphor. I just had to just step off. It's like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's
1: some things you just have to do. Something you just have to do.
0: Well, and and I'll say this uh, because of the the fact that y'all let us do that, you know, for, for guest services. I remember specifically telling a family they're like, oh, we don't have time for the zip lines, and they're like, well, there's just there's the the drop, and what's that? Mm-hmm. And I said, I was like, oh, I was like, hey. Hey guys, just, just so you know, I've done the whole thing. We mm-hmm. had to do this. Yeah, the zip lines let us do this for guest services. My favorite thing was the drop. I, I and I told them I was like if you're if you if you don't have time for the whole thing, that's worth it. And they were like, okay, well you want to do it? And the, I think the daughter's like, yeah, let's do it. So she did it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So mm-hmm.
1: it worked. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we we'll take them. We take them every time. Uh, at least once a year, they'll take um, they'll take the guest services people out just so they can understand the zip lines because they also have to sell the zip lines.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So, okay. So I think we, we've just, we
0: have, we've taken that first step with this podcast. (laughs) So again, uh, for those who are, for those who are going to be listening to this, um, I had basically reached out to a bunch of different people that I've, I've known throughout, uh, well, throughout my life, even going back to my, my college days back in, 2008 to 2012, and you know a lot of people have reached out saying, "Hey, I'd love to come on the podcast." And Derek was one of the first ones, and so it's like, "Let's let's do this." Um, and so so I yeah, could say, "Excuse me." 2015, I had also moved up here to Kentucky, Northern Kentucky. Uh, you said you moved from Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, you, born and raised in Virginia, I mm-hmm. think. Oh yeah, that's right. <clears throat> oh yeah. So, and then you've been living here in Kentucky uh, ever since, mm-hmm. and the okay so we'll we'll segue we'll do a hard segue into the, the topics cuz you had mentioned about uh, one of my favorite podcasts that I've I've you know listened to in the past but the Timcast IRL you know Timcast in real life with Tim mm-hmm. Pool um oh I forget some of the other people Ian, Ian was one of them and
1: Seamus and, uh, yeah. and Lydia Seamus yeah. uh, and Lydia yeah sour patch lids is i think what <laughs> she always does yeah something like that yeah <laughs>
0: okay so so tell me a little bit of Maybe when you first encountered the TimCast podcast, we'll kind of go into that. So
1: That's been a little while. I don't actually remember. Um, it's been, I mean, I've been listening to it for a little while now, and I, I enjoy it because um, I like that they are able to have people who believe differently all in the same place, and they're actually able to have a conversation. And I, I like being able to have that conversation, like being able to have all those conversations that you – don't usually get to have i mean you can have lots of friends who have the same beliefs as you and you can uh, you can talk about these things but you know that you all believe basically the same thing and so it it's it's not necessarily a stale conversation but when you have someone who disagrees with you or doesn't believe the same way um i really like that because it's it's much it's a much more interesting conversation um, because you you have that differing worldview or differing viewpoints that are trying to vie for um, for for your um, for your belief, so you're you're going back and forth and you know who's right, who's wrong, stuff like that. And so that's what I really like about uh, the Tim Kass IRL. Like I also listen to uh, you know Ben Shapiro and Stephen Crowder and. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have I listen to all three of those, and I tell other people to listen to all three of those because with those three guys you get a well rounded view of things. Like you have Stephen Crowder, who's like the real conservative, you know, Christian conservative person who's like kind of over there. Then you have Ben Shapiro, who he's a conservative, but he's also he he has his things that I differ with him with. And I mean, I there's a couple things I dis- disagree with Crowder with, but there are more things I disagree with Ben Shapiro with. And he have Tim Pool, which I disagree with a lot, but he also was able to have all those different people come on his show and and talk about lots of different things.
0: See, and and that's so. The, so I I think the Stephen Crowder, I've definitely listened to to more of him than I have. I think Ben Shapiro in terms of the podcast things, but all three of those guys I'm familiar with. the The Tim Pool, uh, that was literally so when when Derek was reaching out, wanted to do the, the this podcast. When he mentioned the Timcast, I was like, okay. We're on the same page here because that's literally the kind of podcast that I was shooting for when I was thinking, man, I would love to have a group of people, kind of like what Tim Pool has. Where, they, and and we were talking before before the podcast, you know, Derek and I about uh, uh, Ian. The, there's a guy on on there who is. I don't even know how to describe him. He's kind of like a hippie to some degree, oh, yeah. a very yeah, free spirited hi- hippie, hippie druggy dude. <laughs> kind of yeah, been on drugs in the past, still does some here and there. Very open, like he's very open, maybe too open. <laughs> so, but it, you know, people either love him or hate him, and and uh, I'm one. Of, you know, I, I I do like him. I, I like uh, I just like the ideas. He just comes off the wall, but he's he's on a different wavelength in some ways, and so mm-hmm. so. Uh, but but I think essentially we we both like that podcast because of the fact that it is a bunch of different ideas that are all coming together different perspectives they're being shared uh, in an environment where people can talk about them and so you know, that's good and that's uh that's something that that I think even even just over facebook sometimes I think mm-hmm. I've I've uh, come across a few of your posts here or there where I'd see you engaging with you know there'd be a bunch of different stuff going on in in the comment sections and that stuff i've done in the past too so mm-hmm. i've mm-hmm. seen that I, I think that's part of the reason why uh you just for those who are listening why derek and i are still still in contact with each other to, to some degree is because of some of those commonalities now that i'm thinking about it <laughs>
1: that's probably right yeah
0: so okay so going even more into uh, uh some of the stuff you'd mentioned so with with the tim cast um you said uh i think something intrigued you about the way that Tim Pool kind of views God or the way that he kind of speaks about God uh which I've also kind of picked up on but uh, you want to delve into that a little bit more
1: I can delve into it as much as I as much as I have um gathered from him I mean it's 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 interesting to see him talk about God and a lot of people who don't believe in God will still um reference God because uh, mainly the, the morals of this country are built upon you know, Judeo-Christian values. And even Tim Poole acknowledges that. And Tim acknowledges also that in order to be a better person, you do have to believe in something higher than you. And so he believes in God in that sense there is a higher being and stuff and stuff like that it it is interesting to go on a side tangent when Ian tries talks about God because he's talked about you know like the microwaves of the universe yeah. and, <laughs> and um, the the magnetism and stuff like that and so that's inter that is interesting like i I actually enjoy hearing Ian talk about that because he's he's getting close to actually accepting God like he's trying to find other things that will explain God but mm-hmm. he and, and he's in in a roundabout way he's he he might end up becoming a Christian so that would, that would be interesting to see um but as far as Tim goes it, it's interesting he he says all the time like I believe in God I just don't believe in like the Christian view or the Christian view of God or I don't believe in Jesus stuff like that and you know I I've there have been a couple of times like i'll listening to his podcast like i'll stop it and i'll try to have the conversation with him it, as if i'm in the podcast talking to him about that cuz it's it's interesting to see him cuz i've posted a couple of times on their uh, their youtube page and stuff like that cuz he's mentioned um, you know if he's going to heaven or hell or not and he thinks I think he thinks he's going to heaven or something like that.
0: And is this one uh, is it Tim or Ian? Uh, it's Tim. Tim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, yeah. He thinks that he. I think he thinks he's going to heaven or something along those lines. And I was posting on there and that. I mean, he doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, he doesn't believe in uh, the forgiveness of sins, and so he's going to go to hell because he doesn't believe those things. And, I mean, you can believe in God all you want, and one mm-hmm. of the, the, the interesting verses of the Bible is: I mean, even the demons believe in God, and they yes. tremble, and the, yeah, they shudder or tremble, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So Tim believes in God, but he doesn't like have that that respect, that reverence, and uh, fear of God. He just yeah, he's a god up there.
0: So okay, so this this is an interesting topic, and it's interesting. For a couple of different reasons, one is the that particular verse of you know, the demons believe, or you believe that God is one, you do well. But then it mentions the the, the demons believe and they shudder. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like there's a certain level of belief that even demons can have in you know the existence of God, but it's not um, a salvific belief. It's not yeah. like
1: oh I'm saved, you know I'm now. Oh yeah, and I and and just funny enough, I still have that pulled up on my uh, my Bible app. It's uh, James two verse nineteen. Oh well, yeah. James two verse nineteen. You believe that God is one, well and good. Even the demons believe that, and they tremble with fear. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's the, like one of the last comments that I had put recently on one of Tim's uh, posts. It was like I because he says that he believes in God, and then he just continues on his own thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Demons believe in God, and they they are terrified yes <laughs> so I, and you don't have that same authority that, that same reverence for god so you're you, you, while you while you do believe that you you need to believe in something higher than yourself because if you just believe that we're all that is you can justify just about anything and so if, if you don't believe that there's a higher authority then there all your morals are am, ambiguous so mm-hmm. you can, you know, kill someone, and it's like, well, I don't necessarily believe that murder is wrong. Oh, I don't necessarily believe that, you know, sleeping around is wrong, or I don't believe that these things are wrong. But if you believe there's a higher power than you, then you kind of have to believe that there's certain things that are right and wrong.
0: See, that okay, that's something I've noticed too, because before I had, uh, when, when I was first kind of interacting and listening to some of the podcasts... And interacting, I mean, uh, I'd said this to, to Derek as well before. Before we did the start of this podcast, um, I've I've done the same type of things where I, I either pause the video or I kind of think of the way I would respond if I were there, like almost as if I'm a guest on the Tim Pool podcast. Mm-hmm. That's by the way, one of my uh, uh, that's kind of a, a dream of mine. I love dream, to be Yeah, yeah, I,
1: yeah. I, am, I am too. It really is for me too. I, I would love to be a guest on his and. I, I, I don't want dis- sort to of disrupt you, ahead. but this last one, one of the last ones that they had, they had this girl on there, and I had never seen this girl before. She had blonde hair, and she was pasty white, like pasty, pasty white, <laughs> and I have never seen this girl before even. I'm like, okay, so is he just picking random people off off the street? <laughs> that, that I mean, that's fine. Like, I would like to be picked up off the street and, <laughs> and got a Tim Cass. That'd be nice. Yeah.
0: Like they, what, what have they had? They've had... um. They've gotten swatted a few times. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we could probably just find. you know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh my no. goodness! But no, it, it's interesting because um, there was a point where I remember he had mentioned he may have mentioned this a few times that he did was raised Catholic. And yeah, so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, that yeah. kind of that helped me connect the dots because it's like I could see I can definitely see an influence of kind of the oh, yeah. ju- Judeo Christian worldview, let's oh, say, yeah. and he he at least is aware of kind of what you were saying of. And and again, we're using this as a springboard with the with Tim Poole, but this is this is a topic I keep coming across just with a lot of people. I think a lot of people I think one of the reasons why Tim uh Tim Poole is is had such a kind of exploded in popularity, at least amongst people that are maybe more inclined to be just more conservative in general, but or at least have some kind of a value system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even more than that, because Ian's very yeah, he he wouldn't be a conservative. You know, he'd be more of like a progressive, but but not. You know, and so again, all those terms and stuff are getting getting changed up. We're we're kind of seeing cultural shifts there. But at the very least, what I keep seeing is I'm seeing a trend towards people going, okay. There has to you know there has to be some ultimate reference you know some ultimate standard and so the idea of like okay there's a higher power there has to be because there's at some level it's like there's there's some i don't even know how to word it but maybe on a subconscious level we just know okay Mm -hmm. i need to have some kind of a higher power so that i can be able to say things like murder is wrong and this that and the other Mm -hmm. and so then so you see that with tim pool and he's getting that from his Catholic upbringing. Even mm-hmm. if he doesn't fully believe in all of like the Bible and all of that, oh yeah, he still has those <clears> basic <throat> concepts. Yeah, and that kind of fuels his maybe libertarian. You could call it that. You know, his politically mm-hmm. libertarian type views. Because I mean, he's called
1: himself a fence sitter. So
0: yeah, yeah, he's even done that. So and there's an honesty there too. Mm-hmm. And okay, so one other thing I'll mention this. I want to uh, pass it back to you, but um, one thing that I thought was interesting is I'm seeing people like him. Uh, they're they're getting tired of the lies. They're like, man, yeah. I wish they'd stop lying. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, yeah, so, okay. So you want truth? That's mm-hmm. good. I, yeah. I'll take that. You know, how much truth do you want? Yeah. right. Yeah, it comes.
1: It, it reminds me of that uh, scene from uh, that Tom Cruise movie with um, he's playing the jag officer. He's like. I want the truth. Like, you can't handle the truth. Yes, I can. Oh,
0: yeah. The, yeah. The famous. So I've never. Is it the something like the Green Mile? No, no, no. That's no. a different.
1: That's a different movie. That's about a. That's that's a Tom Hanks movie. Oh, that's right. Um, I haven't seen that either. <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen it either. But I I don't remember what the movie is. But that that is kind of thing. Like, I mean, people keep. There are some people who will say they want the truth, and there are some people out of that group who actually cannot handle the truth. But there, there's a there's a group of them who can handle the truth, and when the truth is revealed, that changes their minds. Because you see, um, even with this whole Roe v. Wade thing that just came down, you see that there are some people who are um, finding out what the truth is about abortion and all this stuff, and they're unwilling to uh, they're unwilling to accept that. But then you're seeing other people who are like, oh, that's what that is. Oh, and then their mind's being changed by it. So the truth is, I mean, we can go back again to the Bible where uh, Pilate says to Jesus, what is truth? Mm. And Jesus, is, Jesus ha- has said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is, There is a, uh, a, there is a truth. There is truth. And when you try to make that truth ambiguous that's when we have all this mess going on and and tim has talked about that like he's he's called out uh, some other people talking about that and he's like uh, i think the last one was like bill maher when bill maher says something about something that has a vague spirituality or spirituality or um vague truth to it he goes you got that you might not you might say that you're an atheist or something like that but you're acknowledging a truth that comes from the Bible. Mm-hmm. You're acknowledging that in a roundabout way. You just don't want to. You just don't want to draw that straight line.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: And so, I, I, and so, I, I give credit to Tim because he does recognize that he does recognize that straight line. It's a straight line from God said, blah. Okay, this is true. And so you have that straight line of what is truth and connect back to God. It says that Tim is more of, he he doesn't believe, I guess, salvation, Jesus Christ, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. At least that's what I've gotten from it.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of what I've gleaned too. Like he's he's definitely picked up on the, maybe the general themes. mm -hmm. And he definitely has like the logical consistency where he's like, look, you're pulling this from here. Like that definitely comes from here because he's... You know, again, grew up with kind of a, a religious upbringing. Uh, I can kind of uh, relate to some degree. You know, definitely not Catholic, but uh, I may have mentioned this to you in the past. But my my dad was raised Catholic. Um, so, yeah. My my, uh, and you know, he's no longer a Catholic. But um, I have an uncle, my my dad's oldest brother, who is still Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I believe, uh, just as a side note, I believe he's saved. You know, I've I've mm-hmm. um you know I, it's i feel like i'm going to be offending catholics now but but that's fine <laughs> but uh, in some ways i'm like you know I, I think there's some christians or some catholics who are christians and it may be that the reason why they're they're both if you wanted to say you know if, again i'm kind of uh ruffling some feathers here i'm sure but it may be that they are good Christians, and that therefore
1: means that they're bad Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I you might have got—I don't know if you got that from me specifically or not—but I've I said I've said for a little while now that you can you can be a Christian and a Catholic, but I don't think you can be a Catholic and a Christian. Mm. Um, and I actually had to to uh, debate that with a friend of with a friend of mine. You know, I don't know if you know Levi, um, the other Levi.
0: Levi Sherman or yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah.
1: um I had to talk I, I had that discussion with him and, and another one of his friends about that it's like you can there, there's a sure you have the Catholic doctrine that there are some good things in the Catholic doctrine there are things that you know point to Jesus Christ and all that good stuff but then you have a lot of not good things and th- saying that things that are. Absolutely not biblical. So I believe that you can be a Christian and, you know, be in the Catholic faith, and you can say the catechism, you can have your rosary and stuff like that, but you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you believe all that good stuff. Then you have the people who are following, like, Catholic doctrine and stuff like that. Like, I don't think the Pope is a Christian because he's, he's, (laughs) he's done a lot of really bad stuff, but... And a lot of even Catholics are yeah, not following the Pope, going, ah, that's. Mm. Yeah, the,
0: so, like the Matt Walsh's.
1: Yeah. Yes. He's another guy.
0: But it's just funny to hear, hear uh, people who would be like, you know, because you, you, uh, unless you know Catholics or, or interacting with them or whatever. Mm-hmm. You might have a stereotype of like, oh, they believe anything the Pope says. This right. Thing. Yeah. It's like, but then you talk with Catholics and they're like, okay. Yeah. A lot of them like, mm. they're like, this Pope <laughs> man, I don't know what's going on, but that is not right, and that's clearly not right. And so mm-hmm. you, yeah. You kind of
1: like okay. And, you know, so my 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 opinion of Catholics has changed, kind of from watching you know Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles and stuff like that. It, it's it's changed. It's changed a bit, and and the one thing that I. I don't like a lot is even going back to, to watching Tim And I, you know, I do, I do, I will pause here and say, it is kind of funny that, you know, two guys sitting across from each other, trying to do a podcast or talking about other, another bigger, podcast, other bigger, yeah. better podcast. <laughs> I'm like, Oh man, really nice. Like, let's talk about that guy. Yeah, yeah. But, um, with, with Tim, with Tim and, uh, Seamus, especially like there've been a number of times where, you know, Tim has said something or the, or the conversation is going on and, there's specific biblical references for what's happening right here, and Seamus, the token Catholic on the thing, mm-hmm. doesn't whip out his Bible and go, "Well, you know, Tim, there's a there's a thing called the Bible. And it says <laughs> here, blah 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 blah, and that and that's the answer for this issue." Now, I don't know if that maybe Tim has rules or stuff about that, and it's like, well, let's not like interrupt people too much or something like that, but. It, it 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 kind of frustrates me every time I see the Christian, the supposed Christian on the on the the show, not pull out his Bible and make direct references to the Bible about things that the Bible is specifically speaking on. Now when you hmm. talk about like transhumanism and Ian goes off into his little rants about stuff like that, I'm <laughs> like, well, I. I I'd have to dig a little bit harder to the Bible to find <laughs> to graphene. find stuff about that. Is a graphing? Yeah, yeah. I'll have to yeah. dig a little bit harder in the Bible to find stuff about that. I mean, I'm sure it's something that talks about something like that is there. <laughs> <laughs> I have to dig a little bit harder, but for the for the normal stuff that gets talked about on there, there's so many times where I'm like, Seamus, pull out your Bible. It says right here, verse, chapter, blah, blah 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 blah. Hmm. And it, it doesn't happen, and it it's kind of frustrating for me to to see that.
0: Okay, so here's a question, because this is something I've I've thought on too, and and I think you know anybody who is to, uh, would consider themselves a, a Christian, at least in name, uh, I would imagine, would wrestle with this at some point. But right, I, the question I've posed to people, especially if they're if they if they explicitly tell me, hey, I'm not religious, or I wasn't raised religious, or I don't know about you know Christianity or this that or the other. Um, so if, as an example, in my, my, uh, former work workplace in the warehouse that I was working at, there was a buddy of mine and I, I asked him, um, I said, I go, What well, I said, you believe in true and false, right? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, okay. So there's two categories, right? There's truth and then there's falsehood. So two plus two equals four. You'd say that's true. Two plus two mm-hmm. equals five. That's false. Like you believe in that, that distinction. He's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. It's like, so. I think I said something to, uh, after that, like, I only want to believe what's true. If it's not true, I don't want to believe it. Right. Why would I, you know, and he was kind of like, I said something that simple, and he was kind of like, dude, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing, you know, just the the fact that that's not a a common sense thing anymore. And so, right, yeah. But then the, the the way that I had kind of approached it from there was, and this was an, some of the early conversations I'd have with him, you know, kind of, uh, you're trying to maybe proselytize or share a little bit of my mm-hmm. faith without being, you know, without shoving it down their throat, right, <laughs> you yeah. know, because we don't want to do that. But, um, but what I had said was, I was like, look, if you're pursuing truth in the ultimate sense, if Jesus Christ is the truth, as I believe He is, mm-hmm. then you're going to run into Him. Like mm-hmm. you can't help but not run into him if right. you're des- Now you can uh, you can intentionally avoid him if you're like, oh, I'm looking for truth, but I don't want him. I don't want that truth. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that exactly. But I was kind of like, look, if if there's two things, if there's two categories, truth and false. And if and he admitted he believed in that, it's like, okay, so you believe in that distinction. Well, then yeah, you know, why would you want to believe in something that's false? That would be that'd be stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, that makes sense. So, I guess uh, one one question I've put. Um, uh, because I okay, so, so I think this is what I'm trying to, to get to. The idea of you quoting the Bible, mm-hmm. it's like some people are immediately turned off if you're like, "Well, in this chapter, in this, oh, yeah. you know, they, they immediately mm-hmm. close. So it's like, okay, how do you? Because I, I I still think that it's valuable to quote specific scriptures. Oh, yeah. I think there's you know, as as Christians, we we both believe in in there's a it's it's more than just words. It's mm-hmm. spirit and life, you know, is, and so. The way that I've kind of thought of it is I'm like, if the Bible didn't exist, because mm-hmm. at some point it didn't, it was you know written over, over time, but if it right. didn't exist, well, could we still find truth? Like, I think so. Does mm-hmm. God still communicate? I think so. And so the question is, if it didn't exist and God was communicating truth to you, would he not communicate the same things you know that that kind of gets out of the whole like what well, was written by man it's like okay great every book was written by a man mm-hmm. the question is what spirit did it come from right. was it inspired by god like can god not inspire somebody to write something down so then you know that starts to kind of open up the, the okay
1: so i'll pause there what do you think of all that <laughs> well so the 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 deal with truth. Uh, have you seen Matt Walsh's uh, "What Is a Woman" video? I've only seen the, uh, the trailers. You should probably get a membership with Daily Wire <laughs> <laughs> and and watch it because there's there's an interview that literally talks about this specific thing. He's interviewing a college professor. I don't remember who, and quite frankly, I don't care. But he asks he asks he's asking about transgenderism and stuff like that, and he's Matt says well, I just I just want to know what the truth is and the guy was like why do you want to know that and he's like well I believe in making sense of things I I want to know what is true and he's like I find that very offensive the guy's like I find that very offensive he's like you find <laughs> the truth offensive like that sounds transphobic and he's like he's doing everything in his ability to not talk about the truth of transgenderism talk about the truth of you know, mutilating children. Talk about the truth of what is actually happening with this. And he is he is refusing. I mean, almost almost verbatim what Pontius Pilate said to Jesus. And he actually does say, "What is truth?" Hmm. And, and it's it's crazy that we're getting to this point. It's like, well, what is truth? What is truth? It's like, well, tr- the truth is the truth. And so we, when you're talking about as far as the Bible goes, the Bible is the truth, and I, for a while, struggled with, if I was talking to someone online, on Facebook, about a discussion or something like that, I had trouble um, using the Bible mm. for debates and stuff like that because I had it in my mind that it was uh, it was a fallacy of app- of appealing to a higher authority. And I would only use the Bible if someone else brought the Bible into it. And... I had to kind of get over that and I still have I still have trouble with that because it it's it, I guess it's been ingrained in in my head for so long but I've had to get out of that because the Bible is the truth and if we don't use the Bible then we're we're handicapping ourselves. And what is interesting I actually had a conversation over Facebook of uh this one person and they basically just discounted the Bible entirely. We're talking about uh, creation, evolution, stuff like that. And so I started using Bible verses, like, well, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and you know, God created this and blah blah blah. And like, well, that you can't cite myth- mythology. And I'm like, okay, then if you're gonna if you're gonna discount the Bible entirely and call it mythology, then we're not gonna have this conversation because the Bible is truth. And if you don't want to acknowledge that, then we're we're not having a conversation here and so i i resign you to hell it's going to be hot have fun and i literally put that down have fun it's going to be it's going to be hot
0: (laughs) so so it's it's interesting though just as a as a thing there with the mythology it's Mm -hmm. like okay let let me just let me just put that on the table okay so we're going to say the the bible's account of of you know, ancient times in the past of the creation of the world—that's that—that's that, mythology. Sure. Okay, yeah, L- we'll go ahead and roll with that for a second. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what is your mythology, sir? You know, to the evolutionist. Right. Well, I have the okay. Where'd you get that from? Well, this, the science, oh wait, those scientists are men and they wrote it. And, and you're not claiming that they got this from God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't believe in God. Okay. So these are just mere men mm-hmm. who are writing down what they think happened based on observations they had millions and billions, millions millions billions of years, of years mm-hmm. ago. Okay. Okay. So. So, are we talking about mythology? I thought right. or I thought that was off the table. Like right. to me, it's like it's the same type of thing. It's mythology. Mm-hmm. The question is, is it based on truth? Because you can have myths that kind of have like vague notions of truth from the past, and you know, again, you could define myth differently. But but the fact of the matter is, it's like at the very least, we both, you know, it's the it's the argument. We both have books. Right. My book was written by men, but I at least am claiming that these men were inspired by God to write down the truth mm-hmm. so the question again comes down to what is the truth and i think we're getting to a point at least in the western culture where the whole idea of speak your truth and truth is relative i think people are starting to get tired of that no. like it sounded mm-hmm. like a cool idea but i think people are now like no that's uh that's actually very frustrating right they might not they might not even be cognitively going ooh, that was a bad idea but it's just like they're like no no, that's not yours. This is mine. Mm-hmm. No, I don't care what your truth is. I don't care about that. This is mine. Stop lying. You know, right. it's the, again the Tim pool. thing.
1: stop lying. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> stop lying. Just it, it it would it'd be nice if you just stopped lying because <laughs> it 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 does get frustrating and and tiring to keep going back over no. This is a lie because blah, 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 blah. No, this is a lie because blah, 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 blah. blah. Like, can you please just stop lying? It's so tiring. And honestly, that's why they keep lying is because it gets tiring. But going back to your thing about, you know, the mythology and stuff like that is I always, I've just started saying, okay, so time is your God. Time Mm. is, time really is their God because you have millions and billions of years to do X, Y, Z, and so time is really your God of doing these things. So you don't, you may say you don't have, you don't believe in God, but time is your God. Mm. That's what I've been saying. Yeah. That, and again,
0: that that's an interesting way to put it too, because I think, especially with the way that our culture is and the way that people are thinking about like higher powers and stuff that all, almost even makes more sense to people like that. Mm-hmm. Like, look, you, that is your God. That is your higher power. You know, um, Like to somebody like Ian, yeah, (laughs) you know, like okay, yeah, you know, in in some level maybe that
1: is it's it is like a god because it is um, because it's the only explanation, quote unquote, for everything looking this way. And I've had conversation with Christians who believe that you know the 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 universe is millions and billions of years old, it and it's actually kind of an easy topic to say. It's like, well, I do believe that God created everything, and I believe that God created it fully formed. So Mm -hmm. it's going to look old. It's going to look that way because God created fully formed. He didn't just, I mean, he did just basically essentially snap. (laughs) But he didn't just make everything and make it all look brand spanking new. He created fully formed trees. He created fully formed animals. So those animals have, quote unquote, years to them that have just been created the day before. He created a fully formed man. He didn't create a toddler and have it grow up. He created a fully formed man who has, quote-unquote, years. So it's going to look old. But that's part of the thing is, like, if you believe that God is this omnipotent uh, being who can do whatever he wants and has the power to create all this stuff, that isn't a problem because he just created everything. And it looks old. But he created it because he wanted everything to be fully formed. So uh, that's that's my counter usually to people saying, "What well, does it look old and stuff like that."
0: Hmm, and and, and that's a good point too. That, so there were two things that came to my mind when you were saying that. One is I remember when I was having growth spurts when I was like I think fourteen. When I turned fourteen, I started having some serious growth spurts. Okay, so it was I still remember this when I was um it was November, November of whatever year it was, but I, I think I was either 14 or 15. Cause I, I remember this by the time I was 16, I had basically finished with all my growth spurts. I was mm-hmm. as tall as I am now, you mm-hmm. know, close to six foot four. And I still remember November, my mom took me out shopping to get me some Christmas presents. And, uh, these were going to be closed. So she's like, Hey, I'll take you out. We'll pick out some shirts and, you know, uh, you know, pants or whatever. So I try on four t-shirts Um, They're all the same size, you know, exactly, basically. I think they were large or whatever. But I try them on and they fit well. December 25th, (laughs) I open the presents. Oh, hey, yeah, I remember picking these out. I put one of the shirts on and it's skin tight. Oh. (laughs) And this wasn't like, ooh, I ate too many cookies or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. This was just. And I was like, Well maybe it's maybe this was I didn't try on this shirt. Let me try so I try on every single one of those four T shirts. They're all skin tight and they're too short. And I'm like, Did you wash these? And my mom's No I didn't She goes, Well it's like Well what happened? She goes, Well, Josh, you must have grown. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Okay, when when I was you know fourteen, fifteen I look like I'm six foot four right wow well, because I am about six foot four, but I look like I'm older than I actually am and people dude how old are you dude you're only man, I thought you were this old it's like okay well, you were wrong mm-hmm. you you looked and you made a, a judgment call at the, and you were wrong and that's something we do all the time I mean mm-hmm. you could look at somebody and go, man, you look really young for your age right in other words there's there's something so age is um, uh, are if you, you remember Dr. Jason Lyle? by any yeah. chance, mm-hmm. uh, formerly at the Creation Museum. but And that was the second thing that came to my mind. The The book The Ultimate Proof of Creation, or The Ultimate Proof for Creation, is one of those, by Dr. Jason Lyle, L-I-S-L-E, I believe is his, uh, how he spells his last name. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite books of all time. It's very dense in the sense of like philosophically, but it makes it makes one of the greatest arguments I've had for those who are interested in stuff like that highly recommend that book the ultimate proof of creation by dr. Jason Lyle but he makes an argument for the world has to have been created by a higher power yeah and then he connects that with uh, with you know his uh, his view and the one that we share because he is a Christian so he connects that to it has to be the the type of God that's described in, in the biblical literature and in, mm-hmm. in the Bible itself is the only um, like legitimate basis for the kind of God that has to exist based on the world that we see. So it's a fascinating read. It took me a, a little bit of time to to go through some of the parts of it because it was again very philosophical. Um, but with regard to age, I think he even made that that argument. He goes, "We don't know how some how old somebody is. You have to ask them. Mm-hmm. You have to ask them. We we you know it's it's not always apparent. Now we we have a general idea of well this person is you know." definitely not uh, a young child they're an adult so they've been around for a little while but but that's just based on that's just based on experience you know, we've picked up on that and seen, seen a general pattern but mm-hmm. again going back to what you said if God just goes boom and he can and just create something uh, you know a tree just boom right there out of out of out of nothing mm-hmm. well it looks like it's been there for a lot longer because it's got a maturity that just sprung up kind of like my 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 growth spurts did in in just a, a month's time.
1: You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's really interesting to think about. Um, it, there was one other thing I was going to go back to I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, oh the the deal with the mythology, quote unquote, of mm-hmm. the Bible. Um, we ha- you can call it mythology if you want to, but we have transcripts and I've actually uh, had this discussion uh, with some Mormons that came by um, I they came by a few times and I was really happy to see them um, but they stopped coming because I I poked too many holes <laughs> but one of their things is with their um, with their texts they have this like 600 year gap between when these were supposedly first written and when Joseph Smith dug them up from the ground and wherever he was. That's a very long time for one thing. For another thing is we don't have anything in between that points to or says, oh, yeah, by the way, this, oh, by the way, this. And they wrote write that off as, well, God didn't, you know, tell anybody about it. That's all well and good, but it's also not. Because with the Bible, we have written records from when it was, not necessarily when it was first written, but we have written accounts, and we have uh, the historiography of the Bible up until present day. We have a very, um, a very good representation of the Bible being translated, of the Bible being uh, put together, the Bible being a specific thing, and from for thousands of years. So we have that history of the Bible. So if we have that history of the Bible. And you have, at least with Mormons, you have that giant gap of 600 years, and God says that, or from what they say, God says that this is the final revelation or whatever. Why wouldn't he do the same thing with the Book of Mormon? If we have this nice long list of things that show that the Bible is correct and it hasn't been changed and stuff like that, why don't we have that with the Book of Mormon? And so... I like the, the video from uh from Amsterdam Genesis with Tim Chafey and the Beans because he talks about individual other books, like um I think one was oh his other ancient books that we have and he's like, Well, there's only like seven copies of this book. He puts mm. like seven beans in the in a thing, or we have only fifteen copies of this. And then nearest one was like four hundred years after the fact or uh 200 years after the fact of when it was first supposedly written. And so, if we believe that these are specifically what was written originally, then why don't we believe the Bible when we have thousands and thousands of uh, documents saying that this is what was written and this is how it was written.
0: Hmm. So, yeah. See, that, and that's a good visual aid, too, to be able to see just that, because... I think I've seen or heard the, those those arguments made in terms of like the texts that we have, especially for the New Testament. Like there mm-hmm. is so much. I think um, I think I heard a, a statistic where it was like, or not statistic, but a, um, if you took away every single every single copy of the New Testament, like in any language, just if you just all of them were destroyed in an instant, we could still take. Just from all of the like the little fragments and mm-hmm. letters and stuff that that we have of of from archaeological stuff, mm-hmm. we could still rewrite essentially and compile the entire New Testament just from that right so you know th- these are these are just fragments here and there that, that weren't actually the entire text or the entire letter of you know, Paul to the Ephesians or whatever mm-hmm. and so it's like there's there's so much so I think the for, one of the hurdles that I th- that I think that might and maybe maybe you're one of the people that's listening <laughs> to the podcast and you're, you're thinking this because um, cause I can understand this. It's like this any religion you go to, especially if it's one that's got some history to it, like Hinduism or Buddhism or some of these Eastern you know religions. It's like they they all have texts. They have all mm. of these texts and there's this history, and so it's like it kind of is overwhelming in some sense if people are going. Hey, just look through all of the documentation over the past you know, two thousand plus years, and uh, the, the, your answers are there. But the the the, I think the key takeaway is, and I, and this is one I go back to: if you are looking for truth, if you are if you are desperately looking for truth, and if if Jesus Christ is the truth, then you are going to run into him in some way, shape, or form. And so, if you do. Or when you do, if there are questions that then come to mind, you're like, well, how do I know that this is actually the Jesus Christ of the Bible or the this, that, or the... All of these questions. The good thing is, cause, and we both believe this because we both believe in Jesus Christ, but the good thing is there are answers to it. Mm-hmm. There's documentation. This isn't stuff that's like, you know... So, for example, the Church of Scientology. That's something mm-hmm. I was thinking on more recently because there's uh, one that's... There's like a building of it somewhere. Yeah, and... and um. In Erlanger or is it yeah yeah over the, mm-hmm. so you know the, i I would listen to a, a podcast um from a couple of years back that, that Joe Rogan did on uh, with with actually there was two that I listened to where one of them was like the the father of the current leader of the church in Scientology mm-hmm. and he had escaped. Hmm. Uh he had actually escaped and and by escape like he had to escape it was a whole plot and plan like it's it was pretty wild some of the stories he was saying wow. and then there was a, an actress who was part of oh it was Tom a TV Cruise. show oh. uh wait what, yeah not Tom Cruise oh. but they talked about Tom Cruise cuz he's like the poster, poster right, yeah. t- <laughs> child or whatever but this was an an actress a, a female who had i think was um what what's the like the king king of queens or something like that with the um the guy who played in the mall cop paul blart i think is his name or whatever mm, okay but the actor who plays that uh which i haven't seen mall cop either i'm just <laughs> mm-hmm. but but he he played in that show and then his wife uh or his um in the show, the, the the female that played his wife, mm-hmm. whatever her name is, she was the one who was also in Church of Scientology, and she had left, and hmm. she was able to leave. She wasn't as in depth as uh, as the you know the the father of the current leader of Church of Scientology. But anyway, some of the stuff that she was talking about, like the way that they would level up, and like you know you get to this certain level, and you have to do all this documentation. They have, I mean, it's just so like you have to go through all of these steps, and and you are monitored and you know big brother's always watching like it's just it's definitely a cult like mm-hmm. it's definitely has that and the answers are not readily available you have to like achieve certain levels and 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 t- but that's not that's not so that's not christianity it's like here's all the truth that you you could ever want here are all the answers um you know here there's even people who have tried to you know uh, was it the is josh mcdowell's and stuff like that who are like i want to disprove christianity i think it's all bunk mm-hmm. and then they go in and start like doing some serious research trying to disprove it and then they come out going oh my goodness the the arguments are overwhelming yeah. so i'll throw one other quick thing in i remember when i was around eight, eighteen 18 years old and i read a book that um kind of f- finished some of the steps in my thinking i was going in the direction of i was like man I, I'm fairly certain that there's a God. I'm fairly certain it's the it's the God of the Bible. I believe all that still. But I was like, I think the atheists have some really good arguments. You know, maybe, yeah, you know, I I don't know. They might have some really good arguments. And so, <laughs> I read a book called "Can Man Live Without God" by Robbie Zacharias, mm. a big you know, apologetics guy who's I think recently passed a few years ago. Mm. But that book was based off of a. Um, uh, like a speaking engagement he had to a bunch of atheists and and maybe some deists, but these people weren't Christians. And he's presenting uh, of the the logical impossibility of living a life predicated on the notion that there is no God. He's basically saying life is not livable. Man mm-hmm. cannot live without
1: the idea of there being at least a higher power. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the Tim Pool stuff. Yeah. You can go to like not to, not to sidetrack you, but you can go to native tribes and stuff like that. They believe that there is a higher power. They don't, they don't believe that there is no God or no higher power. They believe that there is a higher power, and they live differently. But if they – there's no one who – well, there's some people, but – <laughs> There's always someone, man. There's always some, but <laughs> even like aboriginal tribes and stuff like that, there are – you can go back through history, and there's not been some place that doesn't have a higher power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the whole atheist thing is is uh, is kind of a unique –
0: little blip in, in history, I think, because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and again we, we have the, the verses, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a heart a heart issue and um you know, whatever the heart is in a spiritual sense, it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Right. So it's more than just an intellectual thing. You know, I'm even like the Richard Dawkins, uh you know, the, again the poster child for atheism. Mm-hmm. He's even kind of starting to see. You know, he's he softened up a little bit on on Christianity, especially uh, in connection with like he's starting to see things like, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, as much as I don't like Christianity, they mm-hmm. did at least they were a bastion for for this. Um, you know, he still doesn't like the the Muslims, right? <laughs> and yeah. In Islam, so fair enough there, but um, but yeah. So when I read the the book, Can Man Live Without God? That was, and that's that book's not necessarily for everybody, but for me, right. I I was looking for truth. I was looking at the atheists, going maybe they've got some really good arguments that need to be addressed. Let me delve into them, and so I I remember engaging with stuff like that on on YouTube, you know, YouTube videos in the early days, mm-hmm. and the comment sections and debates with you know, uh, you know, atheist god slayer one two three five seven <laughs> or whatever you know, so yeah. so I would do those, but I was I was. You know, people would make fun of me and all of that, but I found those engaging. And then when I read the book uh, by Ravi Zacharias, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, I remember getting just chills, like I was literally shaking a little bit just because I was like, "This is so exciting!" And it's mm-hmm. answering questions. And I came to the conclusion after I read that I was like, "Okay, it is now like he has taken the steps that I've taken with my in my logical thinking, which is what I was primarily concerned with. Was I wanted it to make logical sense? It had mm-hmm. to." uh from my vantage point and so he then finished those last three or four steps and sometimes i had to reread the the paragraph just to grasp what he was saying because it was so you know so in so deep for me especially at that point in time Mm -hmm. but at the end of it i was like atheism has nothing like there is nothing like that is the easiest thing to knock over that there's the argument that there is no higher power there is no god and you know people can look at different evidences right dna and the the just intense level of detail and organization in the universe down to the the smallest, you know, uh, things that we can, we can even look at Mm -hmm. (laughs) with all of our scientific tools. Yeah. So, okay. So, well, I
1: would say, uh, as far as Ravi Zacharias goes, um, I, I'm glad that you were able to find that through his, through his works. And I think a lot of the works that he's done is really good. Um, I would be cautious about using Ravi Zacharias in the future mm-hmm. because of the controversy that has popped up about him in the past couple of years. Um, I mean, I I still like a lot of the the stuff that Ravi has said, and and obviously the books that he's written are pretty good. Um, but knowing things that he's done that uh, will put a uh, a bad taste in some people's mouths. For yes, well, and,
0: and thank you for saying that because so i i have not followed that very well like i knew that there were allegations and things after Mm -hmm. his death and then i knew that there was some rebuttals coming from people saying hey they've you know they cherry picked information they took stuff out of context but that's you know that i think the last time i looked at that was maybe a year and a half maybe two years ago Mm -hmm. so i haven't followed it i don't know i don't know i could see so i'll put it this way um I'm more than more than willing and and I, I was going to say happy but I wouldn't be happy about it but but I'm more than willing to be like look if he messed up he messed up oh, like, yeah. if he did these things yeah. fine that was it was not good I mean mm-hmm. you know uh, King David still committed adultery with Bathsheba mm-hmm. <laughs> King right. David was a great king you know he was a type of Christ but you know I'm not going to I'm not going to shy away from the fact that he literally committed adultery with Bathsheba then killed Uriah the Hittite, mm-hmm. her husband. Who, by the way, um, you may already know this, but I remember discovering this uh, uh, back back in college when I was having to read through. Um, I think it was, I think it was in First Kings or what? First Kings or the Second Kings Chronicle, something around there. Like I am. It mentions that Uriah was one of David's mighty men, yep. mm-hmm. and I was like, <clears throat> oh my goodness, yep. so this wasn't just some random mm-hmm. dude. Like he knew who this guy was. Yep, he did. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so so he, you know, David did some pretty pretty demonic yeah. stuff. <laughs> <Bring this laughs> at, us up. at one point,
1: I will say that um, one of I think it's one of uh, Ravi Zacharias's people that were around him, uh, Nabil Karish. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, he is unfortunately passed. He passed away years ago from cancer, I believe it was. I think that's right. Um, and, but I found his book uh through the other Levi Levi uh Levi Stephan. we were, we talked about that once and i read through that book and that book um i, I got the audiobook from it and and it was actually him reading it and that book was amazing because it was it was his journey as a a muslim it's called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. I think I have that book. I haven't yeah. read it though. It is. It, I would recommend. I mean the the prayer at the beginning of the book. I mean it's read if you get the audio book. It's read by him. It is. It is so powerful that prayer that he the prayer that he prays at the beginning of the book is so powerful. Like literally, I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it. But I, <laughs> I got chills when he was praying it, and it was. And it really the whole book is just it's just amazing. I mean he he talks about, you know, dreams that he's had, he talks about mm-hmm. um uh, things in, especially like Christian friends in his life. Uh one his his best friend specifically, you know, would keep on poking him about certain things of the Muslim faith and stuff like that. And it's just it's such a it's such a good book. Uh I I read it and I haven't like reread the whole thing, but I did use some of it uh when I was talking to the Mormons because um they don't believe in the Trinity, and Nabil Karite. One of his problems with the, with Christianity was the Trinity as well, because Muslims don't believe in the Trinity. Yes, they believe yeah, believe that you know you have Allah who is God, and you have Jesus who is a really good prophet up on par with Muhammad, and so they he had a problem with uh, the Trinity as well. And his, the way that he got past that was he was in um, it was some kind of class, like it wasn't. Might have been physics class or something. But he was talking about these molecules or uh, these atoms. And the teacher was talking, like, oh, yeah, they're three things, but they're really one thing, but they're really three things, blah, blah, and he, and he just kept on going with it. But Nabil was like, said that he stopped dead when he was listening to that. And he like kept going back over that. This is three things, but it's one thing, but it's three things, hmm. but it's one thing. If I believe that God created everything, then i believe that god created this thing which means god can be this thing which is three in one and so that was his main turning point with becoming a christian and i talked about that with the mormons and it was it was sad because the mormons when something like that pops up they always look to kind of criticize it like oh what does he mean by blah 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 because i literally had the book pulled up and i was reading the i was reading what he said there and they were like, well, yeah, but what does that mean? What does this mean? I'm like, I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a physicist, so I'm not 100% sure what these things mean, but he's saying right there that these three things are one thing, but they're also three things. So if this is this and you know, A, U, B equals B equals C. And so, all well, right, whatever. But it was, that was his main thing. At least for Nabil, was, that was his um, main turning point in turning to Christ. Um, but I would... Highly recommend that book for you because it it is it is really really good. So is
0: it, is the, you don't know this, but like I think it was yesterday. Yeah, I think it was literally yesterday. I have all all of the books and stuff that I that I own were all laid out over there in my, my living space, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was organizing them and then putting them into like you know uh, book boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had I had forgotten that I had. I'm fairly certain it's it's the you know. F- was it seeking, Allah, seeking finding, Allah, finding Jesus? Finding Jesus, because yeah. I've listened to like some YouTube videos where mm-hmm. he's discussing some of that. You know, that's so some that's probably pulled from the book, but I've heard so many good things about that. And the thing about the, uh, I think it's Nabil or Karish or, or how yeah,
1: Nabil. He said Nabil Karish, so Karish
0: is know. probably the way it's pronounced. So, but he, um, he's he's a, definitely a, a deep thinker, and mm-hmm. so coming his conversion and this wouldn't be necessarily the same for like a you know a lot of other muslims perhaps but his was very much an intellectual thing like mm-hmm. he had to have it make sense and so right. there i remember there was one point where i think his close friend who kept kind of harping uh, on like hey man but but this and what about this point and this um uh i think his friend had said to him like hey do you, i'm going to bring a few friends you know we can for some meeting they were going to have mm-hmm. and one of the <laughs> so nabil Quresh was saying or Karish, he was saying, uh, he's like, yeah, well, his friend, quote, unquote, one of them was a dude named Gary Habermas, mm-hmm. which you may have heard of, but yeah. I think he's a dude at Liberty University now. I think so, yeah. But he's, uh, this guy was you know, seriously wrestled in his own life with, you know, is is there a God? Is Jesus Christ, did he really rise from the dead? Like, that sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, was having a crisis of faith because he was raised as a Christian, but really, like, you know, was depressed and just going, like, I gotta, I don't know about this. And then basically he has, because of that, dedicated his life and research to being able to prove, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus Christ had to have raised from the dead. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So, yeah. so he. They bring the you know, Gary Habermas and I think some other guys that were also you know pretty pretty uh, deep thinkers mm-hmm. to the discussion. And at the end of whatever conversation they had, I remember Nabil was saying, "He goes, okay, you've got me on the resurrection. Like I, I believe that you know <laughs> Jesus was we raised, but that's it." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "That's all we need, <laughs> that's man. All we need.
1: <laughs> yes. That's all you need." And I, I do like the point that of anything in history, almost every single. Um, uh, it's the name of the person who studies history. The name escapes me. The, like the, the term
0: for it? Uh, yeah. His, a historian. Historian. A historian yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: almost all historians believe that Jesus Christ did in fact die by crucifixion. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's almost, it's a, it's a foregone decision. He did die by crucifixion. What then we have to deal with is did he actually rise from the dead? And uh, one of the guys I watch on YouTube, uh, Metatron, he does uh, a lot of medieval Roman history type stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he had a video on um, is Jesus a real person? And I didn't even know this guy was a Christian. I, he is a Christian as far as I can tell. He's like, I think he's a Catholic, but he's he seems to have, you know, um, he seems to believe in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Um, he went through <clears throat> the the truth of Jesus Christ living, Jesus Christ dying. And then after he died, there's now this whole thing of, you know, these Christians popping up all over the place and Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And he uses historical accounts uh, from Roman and Jewish. And I think maybe there's a Greek in in there as well, historians from that time period saying, yeah, these Christians popped up and, excuse me, we're doing blah, 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 blah. And... He's and he he basically ended saying that you know the 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 historicity of Jesus Christ living and dying it, it is not disputed. What now is disputed is, and and he didn't really say this, but I I posted in in the video and like or in the comment section like we have now established Jesus Christ did live did die. Mm-hmm. Now the real question is, did he raise from the dead, and what that means. And I didn't get too many comments on that because it's one post in however many thousands that he he gets there. But it was really cool to see someone, I mean, and I didn't know that he was a Christian. It was really cool to see him using non-biblical historians to say, you know, after Jesus died, there seemed to be a bunch of these so-called Christians pop up Mm -hmm. all over the place. They popped up in Rome. They popped up in, uh, Athens, they popped up in Jerusalem. They popped up, they popped up all over the place, and it seemed to happen after this guy Jesus died. And they seem to say that Jesus didn't really—I mean, he may have died, but he seems to have come back from the dead. Mm-hmm. Now we can't necessarily verify if he came back from the dead or not, but everybody seems to believe that he came back from the dead, and that's kind of weird. So, okay, that that
0: just made me think of a, another. And I think Gary Habermas has mentioned this, unlike many others, but specifically on that point. It's like okay, you can have people that believe in their faith, whatever it is, or believe in whatever they believe in, and they're willing to die for it. You, you mm-hmm. see that with like you know, the kamikaze, you right, know, yeah. suicide, you know, bombers and all that. So you you can have that, right? You can be a martyr for your faith. Mm-hmm. But the the difference is with these, you know, with Jesus's closest friends, his mm-hmm. disciples. It's like you don't see people who are willing to die for something that they know, they know. is not true. Yeah. So if they go, well, we know Jesus didn't rise from the dead, but yeah. we're going to go out and preach that and then die for that. It's mm-hmm. like people yeah, don't no, do that. They don't do that. It'd be, you know, if it was just that they believed that he raised from the dead but they mm-hmm. weren't sure but they believed it, okay, they might be willing to die for oh, it. You yeah. see
1: that. And that's that's one of the things that I have a problem with with Ben Shapiro is mm-hmm. he will say that yeah, Jesus died. And his disciples said that he rose from the dead and blah, 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 blah. But he neglects that point. I mean, he's a very intellectual guy, but he just seems to neglect that point of, okay, then if his disciples are saying that he did raise from the dead and then they went and died for that, no one, no one does that. You don't Mm. know for a fact that no, Jesus did not raise from the dead, but you know what? We're just going to die anyway because eh, what the heck you, you, you just don't do that. At the very end, when they say, tell us that Jesus didn't raise from the dead, we are going to cut off your head, we're going to execute you, we're going to string you up, we're going to crucify you upside down, no one is going to say, yeah, I believe that Jesus rose from the grave, when he actually didn't. Mm-hmm. And and it's just, it's it's an impossibility that no one would do. It doesn't matter how much you believe that Jesus might raise from the dead, you wouldn't, with your head on the line, say, yeah, he raised from the dead, and it and get it cut off for a lie. And, and it, it's, it's really frustrating to see that. And I would, I would love to, again, pipe dream down the road. You talk to Ben Shapiro, talk Dude, to, him, that's Cole, stuff like my... that. <laughs> and, and, and I, I will say that John MacArthur, when he had his discussion with, uh, with Ben Shapiro was really, really good. And I mean, John MacArthur told him point blank, I believe the new Testament is true. Because I believe the Old Testament is true. And because I believe the Old Testament, I believe that Jesus is a Messiah.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he, he I mean he's telling Ben Shapiro specifically that. And Ben just like he has his he has blinders onto that. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is sad to see that happen. And he's just he has blinders onto it. He he refuses. I mean, the one question I would love to ask him is okay, you believe the Old Testament. You kind of believe the New Testament, Jesus is a good person, blah, blah, blah. blah. If you weren't a Jew, would you believe that Jesus is the Christ? And I would love to ask him that question because I, I have a feeling that either he would obfuscate the question, or he would—I I would hope he would say yes because he believes all this other stuff. Mm. And but if he—if it's because if it's only because I am a Jew, I'm not going to believe Jesus. That's a really really dumb that's a really, really dumb way to go to hell. Like, mm. and, and I say, I don't believe Jesus Christ because I'm a Jew. We don't believe in Jesus Christ because we're Jews. And I, I've had, I was, it was one conversation with this lady on Facebook. It was, it was the dumbest thing I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, I, Literally like, uh, it was over East. I think it was, was it Easter. I've it been over. I think it was over Easter. She posted, it was on another friend's Facebook that, um, Jews are persecuted for the specific thing, and I can't. I, it it wasn't it wasn't Easter, it was something else. But Jews are Jews are persecuted for whatever reason. I'm like, yeah, that's really terrible. And the conversation kept going, and she said that you know I've suffered, um, you know, anti-Semitism and blah and stuff like that. And as we kept going through, I started talking about you know the Bible, Jesus, and stuff like that, and she starts like re- rebutting. For Jesus, didn't believe in Jesus, stuff like that, and I'm like, well, you know, I mean, G- the Jews killed Jesus, so I, I don't know what you're it was. I can't remember the whole conversation, but what stuck out to me is she said, "There it is, the anti-Semitism of Jesus, of the Jews killed Jesus," and I'm like, wait a minute, you're, wait a minute, you're saying that it's anti-Semitic to say that the Jews murdered a Jew. <laughs> I, I, I I could not wrap my head around that. I'm like, is that the antisemitism you keep saying you've, you've felt that's not antisemitism. That's a Jew killing a Jew. <laughs> like it, it was, it was the dumbest thing. And I had a couple of other friends come back and I'm like you, what <laughs> you're, you're saying that, that a Jew, the Jews killing a Jew is anti-Semitic? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all and she just she refuses to she's like i don't want to i don't want to be proselytized to about jesus christ and blah, blah blah and it's anti-semitic for you say that there's the anti-semitic i'm going that and that is just oh we were talking about salvation we we're talking about um following 10 commandments and, and going to heaven and they don't believe the same heaven and hell that that christians do and neither do the mormons and that is that's one of the hard things i've found to, to talk about with with mormons and and clearly now Jews, because they don't believe in the same heaven and hell as everybody else does. The Mormons are actually kind of fun, because they have a reversed uh, Dante's Inferno, where instead of like different levels of hell, you have different levels of heaven. So I'm like, yeah, okay. that's that's all right. I, I can get behind that kind of, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know what the Jews, but I, and I tried to ask the, the girl, I'm like, well, okay, well, what do you believe heaven, hell? We don't talk about blah, 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 blah. We don't proselytize to people because we believe that if you're going to come to faith, then it's going to be God sending you and stuff like that. And I'm like, I want to know. And you're like refusing to talk about this. this. You refuse to talk about it for one reason, because I assume she doesn't have really good, um, she doesn't have a really good understanding of it. Mm. But also because she doesn't want to have the rebuttal of, well, you know, the Bible says blah, blah, blah. The Bible mm. says this and that and the other thing. And she, like, basically refused to listen to anything from the New Testament. And, and but the thing that really stuck out again was that, that whole thing about Jesus being executed by the Jews it was anti Semitic. I was <laughs> like, oh, that, that made no sense to me. It was like, that was so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> it's like the,
0: I mean, it would only make sense in the in, to the degree that you could say that about like you know an American killing an American is anti-American. Yeah, like it's like uh, yeah,
1: okay, only in that. Well, if you're saying, and, and again, I tried to ask her, I'm like, are you saying that Jesus wasn't a Jew? Yeah, she, but yeah. But she she blatantly would not respond to any questions that I had about uh, about uh, salvation or works that you have to do or what does it take to get. She. Ref- Refused to answer any questions about that, and only would come at me about certain things. It was, it was, it was frustrating. I was like, mm. "Well, fine then. We'll just stop talking." Oh man, there, there was something.
0: Uh, you, this goes back to the. I'm jumping a little bit back where you were talking about the resurrection and stuff, and stuff that's that's outside of the of the the Bible or the biblical literature and stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember coming across. Um, I think it was a YouTube video or something. Uh, I, I may have read it. Uh, I know I came across it a few different times, but in some of like the chinese history you know of, of of their ancient documents and everything, and from what I understand, like the Chinese have been very meticulous in keeping records of all of mm-hmm. their history right um again i 've never delved into all of it, but um there was a point in time where there was a there was a record that they had, and it was like the i don 't know if it was like the the Chinese astrologers that were you know counseling the king at the time or the leader or whatever so this was you know a a while back but this was around the time of like if you were to try and uh point to somewhere on the timeline to be close to where jesus christ had died and was resurrected Mm -hmm. something like that um and was it about the them seeing that star
1: uh, oh i
0: think there's that too yeah or they, they identified a star. Go, yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead on that. Well, I don't
1: I don't remember a whole lot about it. I just remember reading that the, the Chinese, I think it was the Chinese, they had records of this amazing star or whatever, this light in the sky that was, from what historians say, around the time of when Jesus was supposed to have been, have been born. born. Mm-hmm. It's,
0: I think you're right. I think I remember reading that too. And they had the same type of conclusion where they're like, ooh, there's some new spiritual mm-hmm. being, mm-hmm. you know, this this higher power that's now present and yeah. has come to Earth, or you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so this is again, this is astrology stuff that you know, Christians would frown upon, and rightly so. Uh, but it, I mean, we also see in Scripture that you know the the, the heavens are, are meant to, to declare the the glory of God, mm-hmm. and that they were for signs and seasons. Mm-hmm. Would not be surprised if at some point in the distant past there was a correct spiritual interpretation your symbolic representation, let's say this was in the stars. You're fair enough. Mm -hmm. Do we still have that now? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, (laughs) But even all that said, it's interesting, and I was talking about this with some people the other day, it's interesting that in spite of whatever, you know, pagan astrological stuff they're doing, the truth of, hey, a a god man, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the god of heaven or whatever, has come down and it's represented by this star. It's like, that still gets... Somehow through all of their mm-hmm. <laughs> all of their interpretive stuff, right. but the other thing was around his death, it was something like they witnessed an eclipse, like a, a solar eclipse or what some kind of eclipse. Were basically uh, the way that they were phrasing it was, you know, the whole yin and the yang concept, which again is kind of a, 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 a anti Christian in the sense of its uh, of its view of morality. Mm-hmm. But the way that they were using is they're going okay. The yin and the yang have now swapped. You know, darkness and light have traded places. This means that you know the, the light of the world, like this God being or whatever, has come down and taken the place of man, and somehow uh, been substituted for darkness in its place, and put light where darkness was. And so now this this is signaling that we're now in the like a, the dawning of a new age where God's uh, you know God and heaven are going to come to earth and He's going to dwell with man. Hmm. It's like something I I'm paraphrasing but something right, like yeah. really off the wall where you're like oh my goodness again they're using all of their terms and symbols and religious stuff for it but they're they're <laughs> they're looking at that and going something something happened significant <laughs> just happened yeah, yeah and i mean even even just um as a to, to connect it more specifically from the from the biblical account cuz i've thought about it, it's like well you know the, the world we live in is a spiritual world uh you know god is spirit and we have spirits as as human beings so i'm like i'm not surprised if i find spiritual parallels in scripture with stuff that could be like you know allegorical so for Mm -hmm. example it's like why why was it that at midday uh after jesus dies on the cross that it suddenly got dark right it's like well you could you could explain that with the science and stuff and go okay well there was a storm and all this fair enough like that's a legitimate explanation. We mm-hmm. could, if, 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 we, if we could do the analysis of it on that day, we could say, ah, uh, the clouds came in this. But another answer could be, well, maybe because the light of the world just died. Mm-hmm. So if, if there's no light of the world, then it's just darkness. Right. It's like, so there's a symbolism there. And, and even the the fact that it's Golgotha the skull, mm-hmm. you know, and the cross is like a symbol of of an intersection of God and man, God's wrath, God's love uh you know grace and mercy and and justice and injustice you know the injustice of you know why would why would a a perfect being in this case God why would he die on the cross he doesn't deserve it, but it's the justice of God because sin is being... so you see even like there's a lot of symbolism that's that's there uh even in the scriptures um and even I think the apostle paul you know, even uh, will make references i think there's one passage where he says something like um you know, Abraham's wife Sarah and Isaac is the the, the, the son of the promise. Uh, he goes, but but Ishmael was the son of the slave woman. And he goes, these can be interpreted symbolically or, or allegorically. He goes, these are like the two covenants and Mount Sinai is this and this other and but he, he basically uses that as, as an as an analogy to say, hey, look, we're children of the promise. You know, God promised us the, the seed which is Jesus Christ and um, you know, we are we are you know his children in that sense uh mm-hmm. spiritually and brothers with him as as um you know uh what's the the first fruits and again all of these terms that if you're not if you're not uh, immersed in the biblical scriptures you, these might be going over your head right now but the the point is there's a lot of symbolic spiritual stuff too in the scriptures that I think is is missed mm-hmm. um and so and part, okay I'll say this as a as a um a summary of that I've noticed in conversations with my, my Indian pastor friend, um, and he doesn't like it when I call him my Indian pastor friend. He's like, I'm just your pastor friend or just your friend. But I'm like, no, no, it's important to me that he's from India because in India there's a spirit behind everything. There's mm-hmm. a spirit in everything. Like that's right. Hinduism. But over in here in the Western culture, especially in the United States, we take the spirit out of everything. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, and part of that's the atheism and stuff too. But there's almost a positive, a silver lining, because it's like there's not a spirit in this table; it's just a table. There's not a spirit in the tree; it's just a tree. Like, come mm-hmm. on, no, and there's no God either. There's no Holy Spirit. Right. We, so, like, we we exercise spirits out of everything. <laughs> and so then you have this indian guy who's coming over and he's like no no josh there's a spirit behind that you know it's Mm -hmm. like well that just those two worldviews are very different Mm -hmm. but if in the scriptures you see it's like oh okay no god is spirit and we have to worship him in spirit and truth okay so there's spiritual realities behind this and so anyway maybe the the reason all that kind of came up is like you mentioned about the the lady who was kind of just closed off it's like I mean, you know, th- there's stuff like people that are what is it suppressing the truth and unrighteousness? Well, what's their motivation? Well, maybe it's something spiritual. You know, they mm-hmm. don't want that spirit of truth, and so, yeah. you know, the, I'm I'm a this. My identity is this, and
1: <laughs> you never know. You never know. It's uh, it is sad to see like like especially I uh, have having watched um the the Matt Walsh documentary of what is a woman, um. I mean, there are parts in there that are that are kind of funny when people say stupid stuff about stupid things, but when he he went actually to Africa, I think it was Kenya, to talk to the um, Masasi Masasi tribe that's there. I don't remember the exact pronunciation, but <clears throat> it's an African tribe, and he's asking them these random questions about, well, do you think that uh, that a man can become a woman? And he, the guy was like. What? <laughs> oh, what? And so he translated to the, I believe, is the elder of the thing, and the guy's like, no, was like, okay, can do you believe that a uh, uh, a man can uh, be transgender? And the guy's like, what? Did, what does this transgender? He's like, well, <laughs> a man be a man becoming a woman. He's like, oh, the ass guy. is like, oh no, man has specific role, women has specific role, man has. Man parts. Women has women parts, and he said the specifics. The guy said the specifics, but you you, you can't chain, be one change from one to another. <laughs> and and I mean, Matt Walsh is he, he's acting the part. He's like, oh, well, I'm, oh, okay. I mean, he, even in his own um, interviews about it, he was like, I had to I had to play the part because I was asking these questions as pretending to be someone who believes in this stuff, and mm-hmm. they're laughing. And they were laughing at me, but it was okay because I was just I knew I was pretending the part and I wanted to be authentic from them so that they actually believe that I believed that. And I don't know, like maybe after he got done with the conversation, he told them he didn't believe it. So I, I don't know if he did that or not. But he asked and was like, After after hearing all this stuff, you would you ever wanna move to America? And they were all like, No, 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 we <laughs> don't want to move to America <laughs> And it, it's it's an amazing contrast from People who know what the truth is about man and woman, and then you have that one professor who's like, "Well, I think the truth is trans. That truth is transphobic," or you have people who are, um, I think it was one of the uh, lady who actually did, um, I can't remember what she what she did, but she like would give the give children the puberty blockers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of the um, things they give them is what's used to chemically castrate pedophiles. And Matt Walsh asked her about that, and she's like, I think we might not continue this uh, conversation. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? I mean, you don't want to talk about this." She's like, well, and she, like, the, every time he asks a, sp- a specific question about stuff like that, they either obfuscate or they directly just say, no, I'm not going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's really, really sad to see that when we're talking about truth and talk about the Bible and talk about, you know, even the basics of what is a man, what is a woman. The <clears throat> there there are those out there who are trying to get rid of that. They're trying to get rid of truth. They don't want truth, they want it to be whatever they want it to be. And I mean, when when there is no God, you are God. And that's and that's I mean it goes again we go back to the Bible and we see in Judges, in that time, every man did as he pleased. Every man went to his own house and did as he pleased, mm-hmm. and there was no king in Israel. I mean, yeah, it it, did what it, what was right what was in right his own, sorry, eye, yes, in sorry yes was own right eyes. in their own eyes. But that's
0: that's very similar.
1: And it's it, it, it's it's crazy to see like and that's what that's again some of the things that I have I, I don't know why Seamus doesn't do when Tim brings stuff up like that. He has done it a couple of times. I've heard him. Pull out some biblical references here and there, but it's not like, hey, the Bible says this about this, hey the Bible says that about that. The Bible specifically says talks about this type of time men will call people will call evil good and good evil, you know every man do does what is right in his own eyes, and there's nothing there's nothing new under the sun mm-hmm. it's all it, it is all the Bible has talked about it, and we're just doing it all over again
0: mm-hmm Hmm. Okay, so we're at the we're coming up on the hour and thirty minute mark. How are you? Good on time? Because we can we can kind of transition to a wrap up, or I can ask one more question that goes back
1: to. I'm good on. I'm okay on time.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'll go ahead and I'll continue with this. So you mentioned the Roe versus Wade thing that was overturned. Mm. I have not been following that big time. Um, I and by that I mean I. I was aware of that? I think just yesterday mm, from wow. Facebook
1: posts. So, uh,
0: can you f- fill I me can, in? What? You, yeah, fill me I in. I can.
1: I can do it a little bit. Yeah. So okay. uh, Roe v. Wade was um uh it, it, well it was bad law. It, it was very bad law made by <clears throat> excuse me made by uh, seven judges um, back in shoot I can't I can't remember. It was like seventies. Yeah, yeah. Back in the seventies, yeah. two
0: ladies that were both. Pregnant, didn't want to be. I, I know one of them became a Christian after. She the did, fact.
1: yeah. Uh, Roe, the yeah Roe, I mm-hmm. think it was.
0: Yeah, the one that went as the name Roe. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah.
1: She she actually became a Christian, and she was, she's made it public that she's very sad that that happened. Yeah, but it was it actually was,
0: trying to fight against it. Yeah, and has to been it fighting. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but it was very it was bad law. Um, and even the 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 much lauded Ruth Bader Ginsburg. May she rest in peace. Um, she even said when she was cognizant that the that Roe v Wade was bad law and, and it would get overturned because I, in in there it made an exception I believe it was for viability and I don't know I, I've I've heard a number of different things and I've heard the I've heard the court readings read out basically overturning Roe v Wade all that it does is it says that the federal government does not have the ability to 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 mandate abortions or stuff like that for the states. It kicks it back to the states to decide what they want to do with it. And we've already had a number of states that uh, have what they call trigger laws that as soon as Roe v. Wade was overturned, abortion is banned completely. Mm, okay. Which, I mean, I think is great. I think is great. Um, it, it, it's great. It hopefully, and, I, and it will, it will result in less babies being murdered. Unfortunately, we will. I don't believe we'll get to the point where we will have abortion completely banned in this country, because we have states like California, like Colorado, like New York, who have absolutely no problem with murdering murdering babies up to nine months. Mm-hmm. But um, w- uh, the issue with Roe v. Wade was um, a month or so ago uh, the the text for the um the ruling the text for the ruling was leaked to the public or to a a media group. Um that has never happened in the history of the Supreme Court. A mm-hmm. document has never never been leaked. So that then started causing riots and, and you know people getting upset about, you know, Roe v. Wade being overturned. And the vast majority of people have no idea what Roe v. Wade you know, actually means or actually does. That's probably your garbage truck. Yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> you
0: may be hearing a little bit of a garbage truck in the background, but uh we'll we'll
1: keep going through. I can still hear <clears throat> you. But it it like I said, it really just kicks everything back to the states, which is a good thing because you have states that don't want abortion and you have states that do want abortion. And everybody getting there's there's so many bad Arguments for abortion—it's—it's it's really not even funny. You have people who are saying, "Well, it's my body," and I'm like, and and you just have to think about it logically. Of okay, do you have two hearts? Do you have two heads? Do you have four arms? You know, it, you know, seven men or men shouldn't decide what women do with their bodies. And like, cool. Then you believe that the original uh, Roe v. Wade case shouldn't have been decided at all because it was all men on that court, or. Um oh, there's another one I I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um but it it has been over it has been overturned uh, in a six to three ruling. I believe it was I, I don't remember if it was Scalius or um um Oh my gosh, what's the what's the what's the black guy's name? I cannot remember his name. I knew oh, it. Oh man. Clarence Thomas. Clarence, Clarence Thomas. Thomas yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't remember if it was Scalia or Thomas who who wrote the uh, the opinion on it and who wrote who or who wrote it. And, and, and it was Scalia because he was the yeah. It was Scalia. Okay. Um, Clarence Thomas wrote another one. Yeah, uh, the day before last about gun control, which is really was also really good. Um, but a six three ruling six, for the most part conservative judges. There are three of that six. Who are you know, wishy-washy? Then you have also the three very liberal judges uh, that are—they're really terrible. They've—they've they've made some really bad decisions <laughs> about things. So we're—we're we're offending all of
0: the uh, the non-conservative yeah. crowd right now. So just bear with us, guys. Bear with us. I'm letting. I'm letting, uh, letting Derek. <laughs> I, I like honesty. I like honesty. So so just bear with us.
1: <laughs> I'm not i I'm not calling all liberals or all leftists no, no, bad no. people.
0: But I, I've got I've got some buddies at my workplace um that it, it hopefully at some point will still come on my podcast. Look <laughs> this is what this is what I want the podcast to be. I want mm-hmm. people to be able to come on. Just to, again, the Tim Pool thing. So I can I'm almost imagining like a, a buddy of mine from work coming in and sitting in and then having some like rebuttals. Like mm-hmm. I think that would be fascinating. I would love to have that. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so, so bear with us guys. Cause I, I am willing to hear both <laughs> sides of the aisle here and there's, there's stuff going on in my mind as well, but keep, keep going Derek. Yeah.
1: I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's essentially it. it. It got kicked back to the States to do. Um, I'm not sure what Kentucky is going to do about it. We have, a, we have a, um, a governor who's not the greatest governor. Uh, he's made some bad decisions in the past few years. So I'm not sure how that's going to go, um, but it it really is a good it is a good thing that Roe v Wade was overturned um, because you now have states who are going to outright ban abortion, and you can say whether that's a good thing or not. I, I do like the argument of uh, what ha- what about rape or incest or stuff like that, and I mean I, I have two different. Um, rebuttals to that and one of them is okay, let's let's give you, okay, for rape and incest, it's okay to abort the babies. I don't personally believe that but if we were to say okay, in any case of rape or incest, you may abort the child. Would you then now say that all the rest of the abortion should be illegal? And the vast majority of people won't say that. They'll say, mm-hmm. well no, because it's and I'm like, okay then, we're going to take that off the table because you clearly don't care about that anyway. The other rebuttal is, in the case of rape or incest, why would you compound one evil with another? Mm -hmm. Why would you compound the evil of rape or incest with the evil of murdering your child? And, you know, those two different arguments um, will will... Rebut most, if not all, of um, any leftists who tr- who are trying to support abortion, because when you really start talking about what abortion is, why it actually happens, which in the vast majority of cases it's out of convenience. The vast majority is like I just don't want this baby, and that that is the that is the vast majority of it. Yes, yeah, so right. the motivation is
0: I don't. Yeah. I think that's true and. I mean I'm again I'm open for for those of you who are who are I'm hoping I'm hoping that you're still listening and you're even if you're upset by all of this correct me if I'm wrong but the the conclusion I've seen is I think a lot of people that literally is the reason now they mm-hmm. may have a different so
1: in other words their their motivation is um I can't have this right now I'm I'm yeah, 16 it, or I'm yeah, th- there may be reasons and for legitimately
0: it. things that you know make them anxious. Like this is going to ruin my entire life, and I've got and and who's going to and my family and religious and that. It's like okay, I got it, I got it. Mm-hmm. All of that then compounds, and then it ends with a, I don't want to have this child. It's mm-hmm. not a I was raped or it was incest. It's I don't want to have this child. I slept with my boyfriend. I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. You know, based on my religious upbringing, and if if this gets out, then nobody's ever going to. Like yeah, yeah, the, the decisions have consequences. I get that, mm-hmm. and but it's a it's a fear of of what's going to happen next, and so okay, I just want to avoid all of that, and so then you make the decision of yeah, it's, it's right. in other words, it's not. Cause, so Ben Shapiro has made that argument too, where he's like, all right, I'll give you that. So can we get rid of like the ninety whatever percent, yeah. mm-hmm. ninety plus percent? of all the abortions. He uh, was like, if that's the only decision on the table, then yeah, I'll take that. Cause at least we saving all these lives and I'll right, give you the yeah. rape and incest, which is the 0.01% or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I'm kind of making up numbers here. But so, so one thing on all of that I'll say is to me, I found I, the thing I find interesting about the conversation is the way that, that the, the various, uh, the various ways that it's framed. Cause it's more of, mm-hmm. it's not just a one topic issue. Like, and I'm not necessarily saying that I agree with the positions that people put up because they'll talk about like, oh, well, you're only pro-life up until after it's born. Then you don't care about the life and this. Right, like, yeah. so there's And I'm again, I'm not saying that I agree with the reasoning on it, but it's interesting that that kind of reasoning keeps coming up as a, an example so that it's like, okay, what's, what, is, what is this person actually wrestling with or concerned with? Are they legitimately concerned or are they just throwing up any argument that they've heard to, to kind of combat it? Because I think at the very least – it's a deeper issue than maybe most people are willing to to realize and uh, uh, so for example i've seen it I've seen it framed in this way um whether the people realize it or not um and maybe this would be more like the feminist types, where it's like I'm a woman, and this is my body, and you know the the man should have worn protection quote unquote mm-hmm and he didn't, or it failed, and so I should not have to bear the responsibility of having to have his child mm-hmm. if I don't want it, and he gets off scot-free, mm-hmm. and so now you're telling me that I can't even get rid of this when I don't want it? It's So I, ha- and it's like, okay, that's a different view, and then you, you compound that with, I don't believe it's a it's a child and I don't believe that there's any kind of a god that cares or you know maybe there's a higher power or whatever but this is look this is my this is I'm making the decision you can so it's almost like um it's like a jurisdiction issue it's a going hey this is my life these are my decisions I get to make including whether or not I want to give birth to a child and I don't want to give birth to a child so I don't want my child and if I did give birth to this child, I don't want it and so and I don't want to have to take the nine months it's going to take to have to you know i don't want any of that this is, so get out of my life like it's almost one of those, and so the whole the whole thrust of the like the motivation is basically like who are you, a complete stranger who only cares about just the 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 baby not being murdered you know which would be the terms that we would use because we believe it's a life, you know, who are you a complete stranger who doesn't give a whatever about mm-hmm. my life telling me I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a lot of that anger and bitterness and resentment yeah. and all that. That's kind of fueling it. Yeah. And so then it's like, well, how do you respond to that? Well, I mean, it is,
1: it is understandable. And <laughs> it's an understandable, um, Cause an understandable argument of why are you telling me something to, what to do with what I've done with my life? Um, but it just comes back to well, it's no, it's no longer your body that you're talking about. Uh, it it <clears throat> it has after six weeks, it has its own heartbeat. It has its it has its own its own body, and it's it, it's an it's an unfortunate thing that you had sex and congratulations, you're now pregnant over it. But that doesn't give you the right to murder. A child, and, and see
0: that's the. I think that's the. That's the crux of it. From from, uh, so for those who are again listening, the crux of it for for us as as Christian conservatives, let's say, just to, for the sake of uh, simplicity, if we view this as a life, and you know, I, I think Derek and I are on mm-hmm. the same page. I believe at conception, you know, there, there's something, and it makes sense. We could look at it just biologically. The science of it, and I think that's clear. The DNA is mm-hmm. it's completely new DNA. Yep. It's different than the fathers and the mothers. It's it's completely different at the point of conception, but also on a spiritual level. Like there's something that happens there on an abstract. We can't see it, you know. It, it, there's a soul. There's a spirit. There's something there that's given that wasn't there beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so that's there's a divine act, you know. The, and that's again, ancient religions and stuff, and and just ancient man. They would think of that in this. Jordan Peterson has used like the the whole divine spark idea, mm-hmm. you know, the spark of divinity um, in a general sense. And so, as, as Christians, we believe there's a spiritual being that's connected to this this tissue, this physical tissue. And so, the, you know, that's it. Boom. That it, it is a spiritual living being. And so, to to end its life of of. By your own volition mm-hmm. is murder. It has to be. Um, now you could you could say if you take away the whole spiritual thing and just say well, it's a human being, um, but you know we kill animals and we eat them and we're just animals. Like it, okay. So maybe it's not.
1: I mean, even even some like you know,
0: wolves or bears, or whatever, they'll eat their young if well, they can.
1: Even, even that. I mean, you go back. I- even if you're you want to take that, why do we save eagles' eggs?
0: Mm-hmm. if we're not
1: going to bother saving our own children why do we save baby seals or why do we save the whales or why do we save these things if we 're not even going to bother saving you know our own children children.
0: Mhm. So if we're you, just
1: animals, yeah. then it shouldn't matter, right? Well then why do you it's so it's the inconsistency.
0: So why are you mm-hmm. empathetic towards an eagle? So mm-hmm. you don't care, you're not going to help the eagle raise its eggs? Mhm. Mm-hmm. But you but you care that they're not killed. Like Yeah. <laughs> it's like so there's a there's a breakdown in that. Keep keep going though.
1: No, that was that was that was my point. That was if you're going to if you're going to say you care about the animals eggs and stuff like that and if you believe that, you know, you let's say a cat you have a cat that's pregnant. You don't believe that the cat has, you know, thirteen or twelve heads. You <laughs> believe that the cat is pregnant mm-hmm. and it's going to produce other cats. You're not going to, but you, but yet you look at a human and say you're not pregnant, or what's inside of you is a, a parasite or whatever, and don't even bother, and and you just. It's not gonna. I mean, sure, after it's born, it's a human. But when it's not, when it's inside, it's not a human. It, it, it's very. There's a. It's very inconsistent. There's lots of inconsistencies with See, that argument. That that
0: tips me off to where I'm like, as a Christian, there's there's got to be something spiritual that's going on under the surface because those same people wouldn't look at a at a bunch of kittens mm-hmm. uh, or or look at a cat that's pregnant and say, oh, that cat's got a bunch of parasites in it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they wouldn't use that term. They'd say, oh, it's pregnant with kittens. And, oh, Mm -hmm. look at the baby kittens. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've seen, um, I don't think I've seen the the actual footage of it, but I've I've seen footage of people talking about it. You know, this was back uh, a couple years back where they had, like, the guys going undercover into Planned Parenthood and Mm -hmm. talking with people that worked there. And just the the way that the the these were women that they they were talking with specifically, the way that they would describe going about conducting the abortion or having a you know a fetus you know using that term, mm-hmm. or even even the, well yeah, the fetus or the baby like its heart look at this, I tap it, and its heart starts beating, and then it stops, and then I tap it again it's heart like, isn't that interesting? Ah oh, that's cool, huh. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. okay, we're going to throw it out. It's like, yeah, it's that's dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, it's like, okay, how is it that you can have more empathy towards like a little kitten that's crossing the road, and you're like, oh, that kitten's going to die. We got to save that kitten. I'm going to stop. I'm going to get I'll get on my car, and make sure no other cars come and pick up that kitten and maybe take it to the, you know, somewhere. I don't know, animal shelter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, something like that. Yeah, people will have that. Just it's almost intrinsic. It's something they just, ooh, I just have this. Mm-hmm. But yep. then, for a human being, you don't it's like okay, that tips me off to there's some kind of a spiritual thing at work that is a dehumanizing spirit let's say right it's yeah. a spirit that's that's wants to strip away the value and even the 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 natural um intrinsic empathy that you would have for a human being It's yeah. like that's kind of. That's kind of demonic. Like yep. that'd be the that'd be the term
1: that I think would fit it. Mm-hmm. And so it's and like the thing is. I mean, going all the way back, even Tim Poole acknowledges that. Like it, he he'll say like, "Yo, that's demonic. <laughs> <Like> that's, <laughs> that's, that's 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 something on a level that that's that's demonic." And it <clears throat> it it really is. It really is. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I think that I think we're coming to a really good. Uh, end point for the podcast but i'll just mention this as a as a final thing uh, for those who are listening to this podcast at this point in time um you know i my uh, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a difficult story to tell but i have a son his name is elijah paul and so you know he's been been conceived and born and is living in this whole time period like right around when this Roe versus Wade thing I just thought that was interesting because both my my wife and I both wanted to to have the the child there was no question in our mind that we wanted to have the child. Uh, we're both Christian, we both believe in the the value and sanctity of human life. Um you know, and that's something I've I've you held for I think most of my life uh as far as I'm aware of it. So so it it's interesting that that's happening. I I couldn't help but but notice that when I saw the the Facebook post about the Roe versus Wade, I'm like, "Huh, this is right around the time when my son's born." Like, that's that's interesting. So th- th- that's happening. Just the juxtaposition of that. So um, we very much welcomed him into into the world. Um, he, you know, he the, the when I discovered for the first time when I discovered, uh, I took my wife to um, I think it was uh, either the emergency room or just a hospital. I think it was a Saint Elizabeth's Healthcare or something like that. But when we, we, we went there thinking there was some other thing, like, oh, maybe I need to get checked out of this, that, or the other. And they're like, well, you came back negative on this, but you did come back positive on being pregnant. Oh, my goodness, dude. I was so, like, I, it just, it was, like, blindsided me. I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm a dad. I'm finally like all the dad jokes that people make <laughs> fun of me it's like now I have a legitimate reason to keep telling the dad jokes. <laughs> I was prepping for it. So, you know, I just remember that that hit me that was not a moment of like, oh my goodness, I what am I going to do? It's like I'm a dad. All right, cool. Cool. I, I don't know if it's a boy or girl at this point, but we'll we'll figure all that out later and so so anyway, uh so I'm I'm I see the value in my own son's life and my own uh, you know, hopefully one of many children um, and I see the value in even the, the, the human lives that, that disagree with the positions we've just described, you know, there, there's still that value there. And so anyway, that, that's, uh, I'm, I'm trying to summarize all these points, but it's going to be impossible. I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, because of the worldview that I have and that Derek and I both share on this, that's a, that's another big motivation for wanting to do this podcast and have people, you know, talk about their positions because there's intrinsic worth to letting somebody speak their minds. You know, I see that even if it's something I disagree with, which is again, why, why, uh, Derek is, is on, uh, and why we discussed some of the, the Tim, Tim cast stuff. Cause that was definitely an inspiration to both of us, but especially for me for even getting this podcast started. So, I I don't know if that's a good closer, but let me let me toss it back over to you, Derek. Is there anything you want to shout out? Like any I don't know if you've got any social media stuff or anything to
1: follow or Nah, uh-uh. I just I just have my Facebook and that's it. All right, well yeah.
0: I'll say this much, uh, Tim Pool. If you by chance ever come across my podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The two guys who definitely want to be on your podcast and talk to you. <laughs> yes,
0: and if 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 we can't be on yours, man, we want you to to come on on ours. Essentially, uh, you come on mine. I'll get Derek on in a heartbeat. We'll we'll have a time. Bring Ian too, man. You can bring the whole crew. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that'd be man. Great. But no, just no. Uh, uh. In, I don't know. Maybe there's some close connection of Tim that'll that'll somehow stumble upon this. You know, God works in mysterious ways. But uh, let Tim know that we we very much appreciate his channel and his uh, his yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. Very fun to listen to. Definitely an inspiration. Uh, any I guess any any closing thoughts you want to throw up? I just hope yeah. you have a good day. There we go. There we go. See, we ended on a positive note. So for those of you who were offended, you know, throughout this this roller coaster ride of a conversation, man, we we do legitimately hope you have a good day. And absolutely. Uh, uh, maybe think of it this way: if you were offended by this, that means you were engaged with it. You were thinking about it, and that's good. That's what I want. That's what I want people to do with the podcast. So, All right. Well, thank you guys for listening, and I uh, hope you'll join us next time on the Joshua Greeny Podcast when I'm going to be having some more guests on, um, some other buddies of mine and, and former coworkers, and, and um, hopefully branch out to, yeah, who knows, maybe Tim Pool. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, tune in next time for, for more, of the, more of the podcast.